Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how you doing today? Doing great. Next Christmas question for you. Okay. Favorite Christmas food? Favorite Christmas food? I like all of the Christmas junk food. <laughs> junk <laughs> food. Yeah, I mean, I like, uh, of course, I like junk food all the time. Uh, do they have Christmas Krispy Kreme? I, I like Krispy Kreme. Man, I'm I like sure it they got all, something. Chase. I like, um, you know, um, I, growing up, my mom made fudge and divinity oh, yeah, yeah. and those things, yeah. and I really don't need those anymore, but <laughs> I still love that kind of stuff, and uh, Allison has a couple of special pies that she makes okay. at right. Christmas that I love, and then I love the real stuff, too, you know, <laughs> turkey and ham, I yeah, mean, we eat Thanksgiving, that. we turn around and eat it again at, at Christmas, Christmas. Right. I, I love it that much, right. so how about you, what, what, you got a favorite? Uh, I'm a pecan pie person, so right. like right. every Christmas, uh, my great-grandmother used to make one that was really really good now my grandmother is keeping up with the tradition with that and uh, don't know where it's going to go after that if my mom's listening that might not be good but uh <laughs> we'll see pecan pie I, and i'm uh I'm, I'm growing to like turkey and dressing i haven't been a turkey and dressing fan really yeah i don't know why but now in the last couple years if I put a lot of that gravy on it, I can yeah. eat it now. So. Okay, question. I got a question here. Right. Our producer is in this room also. Yes, yes. Broxton. Broxton, you got a favorite Christmas food? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Come on, Broxton. You like turkey and dressing? Yeah, I mean, I guess I have to go with that. I know that's kind of really basic. And All right, favorite dessert, Broxton. I hate that y'all have put me on the spot like this. I can see smoke coming out <laughs> yeah, of his ears, can't you? He, does, mean, he likes to sit in the background. He doesn't like mm-hmm. the, you know. Right. No, it's not really a Christmas thing anymore, but we had some pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. Okay. And if there's anybody that makes that for Christmas too, I'm, I'm down I, for that. I, I grew up, my mom made pumpkin pie for Christmas yeah. too, and I, I loved pumpkin pie when she made it. It's been a long time since I've had one. But. Now, last not real serious question. Have y'all seen the... Um, the ice cream, the uh, Chris, Christmas cookie ice cream and peppermint bark ice cream that Bluebell makes. Anything Bluebell makes okay. is awesome. All right, so. you need to go see Corey at Publix and go get a Bluebell. Um, Lee really likes the Christmas cookie. I really like the peppermint. Oh, they're bark. two separate. Two separate. Two yeah, separate. you got okay. Christmas cookie. And peppermint. I, I'd like Christmas cookie. I can tell you right well, now. Well, Corey can get it to us for free. <laughs> for free. Yeah. yeah. Well. I, I'm gonna have to check into that. But, uh, so, anyways, let's let's get off this food conversation, or we're gonna why? want something to eat. Well, because there's more important things oh, we need okay. to talk about. We're talking about the holiday season, and Pastor, right. in a recent message, you talked about depression, and you mentioned that around this time of year, um, depression is heightened. Um, why do you think that is? Let's just start there. Well, and, you know, they've done a number of studies about uh, depression and uh, despair during the holiday. And this season of the year is the highest of all the seasons. It's, And you would think it'd be just the opposite right. because, you know, of the things that we were just kind of <laughs> lightheartedly talking about and all the pageantry and festivities and parties and all that sort of thing. But for many people, it's a very, very uh, stressful and uh, 
and discouraging time. And that's because for a lot of reasons, for some, it may be relational. They, right. They've lost loved ones or the, they've lost the traditions that they, they had with family or friends. Right. Uh, they're uh, alone. A lot of it, a lot of it is related to loneliness. Right. Where people are feel like uh, they're alone, and and then it's that's compounded and exacerbated by seeing people out there who are celebrating with friends and right. family, and right. they feel like I don't have that. Right. Maybe they've never had it, or I don't have that. Uh, I don't have any good memories of that. Right. Or if there was something for some tragic that happened at right. the holiday seasons, and so usually it is relational. Right. You know, some of it is is a stress from just having to do the holiday things that right. people sometimes think I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And believe it or not, I read a report this week about the stress that uh, many uh, ladies feel uh, out of a burden of having to shop hmm. and also do all the kind of uh, home care kind of things right. and all the food preparations, because as we were just talking, it's a, it's a big time food season. <laughs> right, you know? right. So a lot of different reasons, but it's amazing um, how many people, I think I, I shared that uh, message that 51% of a USA Today, uh, respondents to a USA Today poll said they, they feel either stressed or depressed. And there's a fine line between uh, some of that um, right. during, during the holiday season. Right, and this message, and if you're listening, we encourage you to go listen um, to this message. You can find that at our website, rbcdothan.org, or um, a couple other places you can find that. But uh, how to respond to depression from 1 Kings 19. And, um, Pastor, you give six reasons or really ways to respond to it. Um, but, but, But specifically, one of the things that was interesting that stood out to me is you gave three reasons for Elijah's depression here. Um, you said he responded to fear, he reacted with panic, and he ran himself to ex- exhaustion. And, and I know in the message you you even mentioned that some people come up and talk to you about some of those things. And so we want to kind of talk a little deeper about um, those reasons, being there was only so much time in the midst of, of the, the message that you uh, preached on this. And so let's talk first about fear. What is it about fear um, that for a person. Why is fear such a difficult thing? Why, why does that lead to us to these difficult places, that kind of stuff? Well, uh, fear is closely associated with anxiety uh, and stress. And um, I, in the message, I ran through these things real right. fast because right. I didn't have a great deal of time to uh, elaborate on them. But uh, a fear is a great um, anxiety producer and anxiety often results in depression. When you read that story about Elijah, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, which I would encourage our people to uh, uh, go and read that chapter. That's a great if chapter. you want to find out a little bit more about uh, you know what went on in his life. Right. Uh, but he, this is a great man of God. Right. I mean, we still talk about Elijah, and you know, all of us would love to you know ascend to the place in our walk with God where we had. That kind of power. He prayed uh, that the heavens not rain, and for three years, God said, "Okay, I'll, in accordance with your prayer." Right. And then he, before this incident of depression, he had just called down fire out of heaven to destroy the prophets of Baal, and uh, he had made a great statement before the people of Israel, and they all recognized who Jehovah God was. 
And then the next thing we know, we're suddenly taken by surprise when wicked Queen Jezebel sends a message to him and says, hey, if, uh, you know, may the same happen to me if I don't kill you, you know, by the next day. And suddenly this great mighty man of God has done all these incredible things and has a track record too, right, right. I, I might add. Right. The Bible says suddenly he gets up and starts running. Right. And, and it says he was afraid. Right. And the beginning, I think, of the depression that we see uh, in Elijah began with his fears. Mm, right. And, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about fear. In fact, I'll encourage our people listening, um, if you're a part of the Ridgecrest family, don't miss Sunday. I'm going to be preaching a message, you might say it's a part B kind of to this thing, on how to respond to your fears. Right. Uh, but he became fearful, and uh, his fear produced... Uh, this kind of uh, anxiety in him, and there he goes. He takes off running. But fear uh, is an interesting thing because most of the things we don't we fear never happen. Right. And secondly, the things that do happen we can't prevent. <laughs> and uh, and yet uh, fear can dominate us. It can take control of our life. And I believe it's a great weapon that uh, that the devil uses against us to. Um, to keep us from going forward to, or I might add, staying on the path God has for us. Elijah got off the path. Right. He, he, he took a different course than the course God had him on. And it was, it was when his fears took control. That's why the Bible tells us, Chase, that we, um, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, faith. Right. you know, not by sight, but by faith. And uh, the opposite of faith is fear. Right. And so, and by the way, the Bible tells us more than 300 times uh, not to fear, hmm. not to fear, or some variation of that right, idea, right. don't fear. Right. Uh, I'm with you, or I'll, I'll look after you, or, you know, that sort of thing. So it all began for Elijah with fear. Hmm. Do you feel like, Pastor, that... Um, the same is true for most people today. Fear leads to the beginning of uh, these depression-type situations. I do. I think fear is a major culprit. It can be other things. As I said in the message, right. it can be a chemical imbalance. Right. Some people have a clinical kind of depression that is, that is a chemical imbalance, and if that's the case, they need to see their doctors. Right. Um, and there's this myth out there that strong Christians don't battle depression. Right. That's a lie. Right. And uh, some of the great men and women of God through the ages have battled with depression. Charles Spurgeon was one of them who battled greatly with depression. Right. And you would think, well, how in the world would Charles Spurgeon battle depression? Exactly. But right. uh, depression uh, sometimes can be a chemical thing. And right. thank God for uh, for medicine. Right. And there's some ways to get that regulated. But I think a lot. I think a lot of it is produced out of fear, and um, and. Uh, afraid of the unknown or afraid that something's going to happen. The devil can, can, uh, you know, impact our heart and our thinking with, with fears that are just unrealistic, but they have an effect on us. Right. I didn't say the, the consequence isn't real. Right. The effect is real. Right. And so I think for a lot of people, uh, fear is a major, uh, a major culprit. So First Kings uh, nineteen verse three, you know, we we see where Elijah becomes afraid, and then it says he immediately ran for his life. And the second reason for his depression that you mentioned in your recent message was that he reacted with panic. Yeah. So in fearful situations, Pastor, 
what do we do when we feel this panic coming upon us? Well, uh, you know, again, panic is a response to the fear. Right. Uh, you've heard of people have panic attacks. Those panic attacks are real things. Right. You know, I've heard people say, oh, you just get over it. You know, just kind of thing. Well, you, a person that's had panic attacks, I have not. Right. But I've had many people around me that have had panic attacks. And, and those panic attacks are real because of the effects they produce. Um, and so in Elijah's case, the fear led to his panic. Right. Those two things are closely connected. Right. All right. Fear... Uh, produces anxieties, and those anxieties can produce a kind of a panic, and and that panic uh, begins to drive the person. The fear drives them to panic. The panic drives them to action. Um, and uh, but the panic is is a, a real kind of deal. Now, what do you do when you panic? Well, you still have to take the right medicine. Right. I, I'm not talking about physical, though that may be the case for some. Right. But uh, but the right medicine is the truth. Okay. So what is the truth? If you if you can calm yourself, and that's the hard thing about yeah. panic. It's hard to just say, no, wait a minute. But you can you can train yourself to say, okay, this is I know what this is, and so I also know what the truth is. So you have to remind yourself of what. The truth is, what is the truth? I didn't say that suddenly you go, oh, okay, the panic's gone. Right. But remembering and reminding yourself of the truth will help you process through the panic uh, a little bit better. So the truth, the truth that I'm speaking of would be, what does God have to say? Right. What does God have to say about me? Right. What does God have to say about his care for me, his love for me? Hmm. Uh, what does God have to say about me, about the things, whatever it may be, that I'm anxious for? Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you can always go to like a Matthew 6, yeah, verses 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. And you're more precious than the lilies and the birds of the air and all of this. And your heavenly Father takes care of these things. He's going to take care of you. Um, and remind yourself that when that panic comes, that, it, that God is not the author of chaos, the Bible says. So the panic is not God trying to make you panic, though the panic is real. It is certainly the enemy would be involved in that. Even, I believe, if it's clinical, he can say, I want to get your system out of whack so I can, you know. Uh, or if it's just spiritual depression. I talked about that in the, mes uh, in the message, too. The effect is the same, right. whether it's a clinical or a spiritual. And so knowing the truth, telling ourselves the truth, repeating the truth, repeating scripture. That's why you need to stay in the word so you can get the scripture there at least to uh, use it as a as a uh, a weapon, a sword. Right, that's good. Uh, against the uh, the lies that a panic and anxiety uh, produce in us. Yeah, I tell our students all the time, Pastor, that very important that we daily fight the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. It's, and yeah. uh, allowing that to define us, not the things that the world tells us that the enemy is using to, to, to create fear, to create panic, or to create these things. That That's exactly is. right. That's exactly the way you use it. So lastly, um, we see in verse 4 of First Kings 19, and I agree with you, the, this whole story, I mean, this just the whole chapter is, is very 
very, so much in it for those that are listening. Encourage them to to read that. But um, you said that he ran himself to exhaustion, and uh, we've talked a lot about this. And we, and for those listening, um, some previous podcasts talk about three tanks: an emotional, spiritual, and physical tank. And those would be great resources to listen to as we think about some of this as well. But Pastor, just as you think about exhaustion, we've talked a lot about how busy we are and how. <laughs> We can, we're already so busy. And then if you find yourself in a fearful, panicked state, it leads you to exhaustion really quick. And so um, just thoughts that you would have that uh, coming from uh, this third reason that Elijah um, was depressed. Well, as I said, it's really kind of sequential. Uh, You know, his fears produced panic and panic produced a response. It was the wrong response, but it, uh, it, uh, produced a response anyway and that response for him was that he took off running right which is so ironic again when you know the story and this mighty man of god and suddenly this queen threatens him and he takes off running some scholars believe he ran as far as 50 miles physically 50 miles almost two marathons if you will right and i'm sure he hadn't been training for those things and he ran himself to complete exhaustion which then makes us more vulnerable to the enemy and the lies of the enemy and the, the vicious cycle of, of what stress and despair and, and depression can do to us. And Bible says he ran and finally he was so exhausted, he sat down under a broom tree and then he became, there's no better, uh, other way to say it, he became suicidal. Right. He said, God, just right. take my life. Take my life. I, I don't want to live anymore. I can't do this anymore. Uh, and that's the ultimate end uh, where depression can take a person, uh, the tragic end. Uh, and uh, Elijah, this great man of God, is sitting there saying, I'm the only one. There's nobody. The, the sense of loneliness that happens. Right. But it comes at the point of physical exhaustion. Right. You know, and even before God began to instruct him and get him back on course, you repeatedly see him eating and and sleeping, right. eating and sleeping at right. the at the behest of God through an angel that God provides to kind of get him back, uh, get him you know fed and get him rested, and so we see that process repeated there uh, because when you're physically exhausted, uh, as he was, uh, you see uh, strangely enough. All the tanks are, are, are appear to be empty. That's good. Yeah. Right here. Right. And, and, and I would add something. It is not uncommon when God has done something uh, significant uh, through us or with us. I've watched it with you. For us to, to have a downturn. Right. Almost like a crash. Right. The high to the low. Because... Uh, the devil wants to get us off of that place where God has, where we've seen him and where we've, uh, you know, we've experienced the, the, uh, you know, the glory of the work of God and that sort of thing. Right. I think that's exactly what happened with Elijah. And uh, uh, even, and you know, James says about Elijah, he was a man of, of like passions as you and I. Right. Uh, that's a fantastic verse. Right. Because what God is telling us through James is, while we hold these people in great esteem, and we should, right, they were still human beings like you and I. Exactly right. And they had like passions. Isn't that interesting? That's an emotional kind of thing. They had like passions as you and I. They they became physically exhausted. They became emotionally drained. They became spiritually empty. I think we see all of those things in Elijah, but it was at the point of physical exhaustion. 
um, that he was in utter despair right. and didn't even want to go on. And so um, it, that's, that is typically how depression tries to take us. Fear, panic, panic produces uh, a response, uh, a, a physical response, and then we find ourselves and we are completely empty. Right. Your second point from this this message was you need physical rest. And so if you're listening and that's that's an area that you find yourself in, I encourage you to go listen um, to, again, these uh, six ways to respond to depression. Any last uh, thoughts today, Pastor, um, on, on depression and on what we've talked about? Well, um, if you think you're the only one that's ever de- battled it, you're, you're, you're probably feeling like Elijah. I'm the that's only right. one. But you're not. Right. Uh, the good news is um, there are things that you can do. I battle from time to time, as I've told you guys, I will battle a spiritual kind of depression. But I know where it comes from. It's, right. it's from the enemy, and uh, it's not a clinical kind of depression. But I have learned over the years what to do. So the counsel that I give people that are going through depression, whether it's a clinical or whether it's a spiritual is the same counsel I give myself, you know. Now, the effects are still there, but it is this whole truth thing. Reinforce the truth. Right. And the disciplines of your faith are still important uh, until you come through. Right. And uh, sometimes the seasons will be longer than they are at other times. Sometimes it's light and momentary. And sometimes it can be a lengthy season uh, for some people who have a chronic disposition to this. So uh, it's... Don't take it lightly. Don't feel guilty if you're a Christian saying, well, I, I must not be much of a Christian. I've battled depression. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're uh, a dedicated Christian, as Elijah proves to us. Right. The question is, uh, will you respond to God, and will you help, uh, or will you join him as he walks you through it? Will you apply some principles? Again, they can pick those principles up uh, through the message uh um, by hooking up to our our uh, website, but right. uh, so take it seriously, uh, and uh, look as a believer. If you're battling this, uh, uh, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody that can can counsel and give you some wisdom. It it's not something to be ashamed of as a Christian, That's but right. it is something to get help with. Right, right. That's so good, Pastor. And we appreciate uh, those words. And again, in this time of year, we'd encourage you to to really evaluate your life and process through these things and, and, and find uh, people in your life that can love and encourage you and help you in this area if something that's going on. Pastor, I know as we wrap up, you have a, uh, another free resource for those that are listening. Yeah, last week uh, we shared the resource uh, Maintaining Momentum, uh, and that was part one. This week we want to offer Maintaining Momentum part two. And you can get that free resource uh, by simply writing to us at shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. Uh, shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. And just request uh, this week's free resource, Maintaining Momentum, Part 2. If you want Part 1 as well, you didn't get that, but you want that, just ask for both parts. We'll be happy to get those to you. Thanks for uh, listening today. We want to hope that this time of year is a a blessing to you and to those around you. And again, we'd love for you if today has been a, uh, God's used it in some special way that you would give us a review and share um, this podcast. And uh, we hope uh, that you continue to allow uh, the Lord to work through your life and use uh, you for his glory. 